Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Yeah, if you like humidity so thick you can lick it, that's okay, folks. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing, and for the next hour or so, we're going to talk about gardening. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a local produced program of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My awesome producer, Java Chapman, and, and I are going to be um, bringing this party alive. Matter of fact, we're going to open the screen door after a few minutes and let y'all into our party. It's a hot, muggy, middle of September weekend. Not the greatest time to garden, but I've got some tips. I've got some things you might want to try, some things you can do, some things you can avoid doing. Uh, but the, mostly we're going to chat. It's a live program. So if you've got some things you'd like to talk about or ask about or comment on, it's toll free. We'll be giving the numbers over and over. But meanwhile, sit back, take a little bit of news and me and Job will be right back with the Gestalt Gardener. Hey, it's so muddy out there. We're going to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening. You want to give us a call? It's toll free. Toll free. One eight, no matter where you are. One eight seven seven MPB ring. We're gonna be talking about nothing but gardening. Although I do have some events I'd like to uh, to to talk up that are things that are coming up, um, and I'm not can't quite see if there's any. I don't know which button to push, but because we're gonna, it's it's a. I'm a garden guy. Java is up to you to make me sound tall. And you and Jamie, Jamie Lowe in there. She's a volunteer today from Macomb. Appreciate we have J-Lo as the phone screen. J-Lo, J-Lo, J- Jamie Lowe. I appreciate her coming in and doing this, but I'm going to be talking about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, and if you don't want to talk about stuff, I'm going to make some stuff up. That's the way we roll on this hot, hot. As a matter of fact, I think with uh, the climate change and all like that, we ought to officially move the dog days of August end of September, because it feels like dog days out there. Got a lot of stuff going on in the garden, and uh, if, if there's some things that you want to uh, to chat about, too hot to do them, just want to talk about them, bring it on. Bring it on, folks. Uh, we got the lines wide open if you want to give us a call. We'd like to throw out that uh, next week on Thursday is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. You know, don't make me get into some bad pirate jokes here, but I can do that. Hey, this past week, uh, matter of fact, yesterday and the day before, I went out and watered my garden. N- not my plants, because my plants are chosen to be nice and tough. The kind of things that, that they don't mind hot, dry weather or cold, wet weather or the kind of weather. I've chosen plants over decades that pretty well are adapted to our soils and our climates and stuff like that. Uh, But I had to water some areas twice, about an hour apart, to soften up the dirt enough where I could start start planting fall things like broccoli and cabbage. It's time to start planting those and lettuce seeds and things like that, hot and dry as it is. Um, and it is hot and dry, but these kind of plants will mature when the days get shorter and cooler. And uh, if you plant during the weird part of the, the year, it's because they give you hope. As an experienced gardener, though, I'm going to put some insect knitting over it all. Anyway, uh, in order to give us a call, toll-free, one eight seven seven m PB ring. Uh, let's start out this morning by going to Madison and talk with Kay. Hey, Kay, what's up? Hey, I'm just wondering if I could plant my lettuce now. It's like an echo here. I just said that. Weren't you listening? <laughs> no, I guess I was on the phone. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just teasing you. Yeah, this is a great time. Uh, have you planted lettuce before? Uh, in the spring. Yeah. Um, what kind do you like? Uh, I bought some red leaves. Yeah. 
romaine, mm-hmm. uh, just a mix. Well, that's what I do. As a matter of fact, I take my mix of seeds, three or four different kinds, and I mix them together, and I put just a little pinch uh, in little starter cups, egg crates, or whatever, egg carton, whatever you want to. And then when they sprout, transplant, and, you, and each one makes a nice little already mixed salad by just putting a little pinch of a mix every now and then. And if you do this, Kay, every couple of three weeks, you'll have a continuous supply rather than plant a lot at once, because otherwise you can have a lot of lettuce to eat all at once. So, yeah, but, you do. <laughs> all right. No, it's it's time to get started. But um, I'd, I'd, water right, the, I'd water the dirt ahead of time to soften it up because it's hard and dry. I did. I did that. Okay. okay thank you. You bet. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. Let's slide up to the top of the prairie to Tupelo, Mississippi. Hey, Paul, good morning. Hello. Ooh. Howdy. What's going on? Uh, okay, hang on, hang on, uh, Paul. For some reason, we got a bad connection. If you could please call back. I mean, it's just, I can't hear. I see you have a question about crate myrtles, uh, but anyway, uh, give us a call back because we just got a bad connection that time. Uh, meanwhile, let's slide uh, to Jackson and talk with Jim. Oh nope, not Jim's not here yet. Yes, no. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I got by. Folks, here's the deal. I'm in a studio with all these microphones and stuff. And Java's in another studio with a glass pane. And the call screening stuff is up high, and I bend my head way back to look at it, and my bifocals kick in, and I can't see it anymore. Okay, now let's talk to Jim in Jackson. Hey, Jim, thank you. Jim Rosenblatt-Felder, how you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How's your okra growing? Oh, going great, but I'm getting ready to switch to flowers, and I bought a couple of bags of daffodils the other day. Yeah. And I understand you're supposed to keep them cool. Is that refrigerator or freezer? Neither. Neither. First really? of all, the freezer thing is only if you're going to try to keep seeds alive for a couple of generations. Refrigerator uh, mimics wintertime temperature. Daffodils don't need pre-chilling. You know, tulips do. Tulips and hyacinths need it, but daffodils, matter of fact, if you refrigerate those bulbs, they tend to bloom on real short stalks. So daffodils don't need pre-chilling. Ah. And uh, is this a good time to go ahead and plant them? I bought some at uh, uh, some really nice bulbs the other day. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's 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 a little early, but a lot of da- my daffodils are out there right now anyway, so they don't really care. The main thing is, uh, you know, it's so hot and dry. If you water a lot, you might rot them. So, you know, make sure you work your dirt up pretty good. Are you going to plant anything on top of them, or just stick them out there? No, just stick them out there with a mulch on top. Well, why not plant you, you know, a, two or three little groups of pansies or, or vi- I like violas. They're a little small, little old-fashioned Johnny Jump Ups, because that way you have something pretty to look at all fall and winter, and the daffodils bloom up above them. Well, maybe some ornamental cabbage. Yeah, well, now, ornamental cabbage gets pretty big, you know, and it can maybe okay. shade the daffodils. But the main thing, if you're going to dig that dirt and spread that mulch, you might as well have something to look at before March when the daffodil is going to bloom. When should I put out those pansies? Uh, well, you can start pan- uh, putting them out now. It's awfully hot, so you know, try not to water them in the middle of the day or, or it'll steam them. But you can start planting those kind of things, cabbage. Um, you know, you could plant lettuce out there if you want to. It, the oh. Lettuce is pretty, and you can eat it when you're tired of looking at it. But main thing is if you're going to dig the dirt up, plant the daffodils, not real deep but not real shallow, and go ahead and stick something on top and water it a time or two and get double, triple duty out of that space. Well, I bought one of these augers that uh, supposedly drills a daffodil hole. Is that okay? Oh, oh is this going to be in your yard? Yes. 
Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I thought you planted them in a bed or something like that. But, you know, like I say, if you're going to dig a hole, you know, if this is out in the lawn, you know, you can still plant pansy, uh, 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 little violas mm-hmm. and just mow around them, little bouquets out there in the yard. And little bone meal in the bottom of the hole? Bone meal is a myth. Bone meal is uh, phosphorus. Daffodils and other plants need nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Bone meal alone is just like having nothing but potatoes, and we've all been, <laughs> we've all been there, but they need some uh, meat and some greens, too. So I would use uh, either an all-purpose fertilizer or one of those specialty bulb fertilizers. They're a little expensive, but you only need just a, like a teaspoon. But uh, the bulb food especially got the right, right benefit. Bone meal by itself, just one of those old-fashioned myths. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Felder. Okay. Good to have you back appreciate. In the thanks, Dean. Appreciate it a whole bunch. Okay. One eight seven seven MPB ring. We got the volunteer in there who's going to be helping a lot. Uh, Jamie Lowe. She came up from Macomb, my grandmother's stomping grounds, Felder's campground, all down in there. But anyway, now let's talk to Paul. Paul, you're calling from Tupelo. How's it sound now? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. 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 What you got going on? Well, the great Myrtle. You know, I think you may have touched on this before. I, I talked to tail end of it one time, but it, they're turning black and they've got little white specks on them. Yep. Crate myrtle making everything underneath it turn yep. black. Crate myrtle bark scale. Now you know, crate myrtles have always had aphids, which cause the black sticky stuff on the leaves. But if it got the little white bumps, uh, that's definitely the scale, and it's a tough one. It's a real, real tough one. What do you recommend? Well, you know, I I replaced mine. I I spent uh, four years getting one done perfectly, the right shape, the right size, carefully crafted the branches in front of a six foot by eight foot uh, window. And if I thought there was a thing I could do about it, I'd just kept it. But I went ahead and pulled it up and stuck something else in the uh, uh, another accent plant in the hole. Here's the deal. And, and matter of fact, if you want the whole scoop, uh, go to my my blog, not my not my website. Go to Felder Rushing blog, and it has a thing a thing of crate and rose with the pictures. The latest information, and I'm talking about from Texas A&M, uh, Oklahoma State, places where they developed crate myrtles. They know their stuff. There is a soil drench you can put around the roots in the spring. It only really works in the spring, and it'll control them most of a year. And you've got to do it again every year. And it's not going to kill them. It's just going to you know, knock them way, way, way back. They'll be back. So other than soil drenches in uh, March, April, or May, and that's the official recommendation, there's not much else we can do. Not going to kill your trees, just going to make them look bad. Did you, uh, any particular recommendations on if I did take them out, what put back that something similar? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, if, if you go to this, again, it's Felder Rushing blog, and click on the crepe myrtle thing up at the top of the page. It's, it's such a common thing. I, I get questions about this uh, literally from, from all over the southeast because the, the, the st- other stuff I do. Uh, and at the very bottom, it's got a list of some really good substitute plants. I went with one called uh, Weeping Yopon. If you want to see what one looks like, go over to uh, um, to. Well, I'm trying to think of the name of the town. I can't remember the name of the town, but it's. Uh, I'll say there's a library in a small town near you that's got one in front of it. The picture on my website is from this Bruce. Go to downtown Bruce, just north of the square. The library's got a mature weeping yopine full of berries. Great, great native plant. No problems. And it looks okay. All right. I hope you got that. Uh, Crate myrtle bark scale, folks. 
I'm not selling anything. People sell stuff or they have egos and they want to prove the point. I don't. I'm an old guy. I don't sell anything. I'm going to tell you the truth about it. There is no long-term solution for crepe myrtle bark scale. Anybody saying differently is either ignorant or holding out false hope or they're selling you something. I'm sorry. My own crepe myrtles, my son's crepe myrtles, but there's not much we can do about it. It's sort of like the elm, Dutch elm disease. At the beginning, people wouldn't buy it. They wouldn't believe it, and it ended up happening. Anyway, hate to be negative. we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, me and Java Chapman will be right back after a little bit of stuff. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Fell to Russia. You want to give me a call? Lines are open. Toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring A couple of things that are happening that you might be interested in. But uh, before we get into that, uh, yesterday I visited my daughter Zoe. She, uh, Zoe works at a downtown Jackson eatery called Basil's. Uh, the, anyway, the owner asked me to look at it. She's got a giant pencil cactus. You know, that real skinny uh, branch thing. It's, uh, it's in the Euphorbia family. Same family as Poinsettia, by the way. Anyway, while I was... He wanted to prune it, maybe thin it out, maybe root a piece or two. But while I was examining it, I accidentally made it wobble in the pot. We're talking about a huge plant, probably eight, nine feet tall. And it started wobbling. So we had to turn it around so its branches could prop up against the window. So all it took was one touch from the professor to booger up a plant belonging to my girl's boss. (laughs) It'll be fine, though. It'll be fine. Hey, Java, a friend of mine is a beekeeper, right? And every now and then he loses the hives. He has to get some new some new queens. So he went to this place that sells these queen bees. He said he needed a dozen. The guy counted a dozen and threw in an extra one. He said, hang on, I just need a dozen. He gave me 13. He said, uh, that 13th one is, wait for it, wait for it. I can't remember the punchline. Oh come on! I'm 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 on edge over here, man. I was I was trying to see where you were going. A freebie. Wow. Okay. Now see, I couldn't even cue up the rim shot because you made there, me wait. There you go. Real quick before we go to the phone calls, there's uh, some events going on that uh, you might be interested in. Uh, some real interesting things. Uh, one is um, see if I can find it here. Oh, I got so many notes here. I'm just just going nuts here. Uh, well, I can't find my, here we go, uh, September 17th, Orange Grove Library, Gulfport, I'm going to be down there, down on the Gulf Coast, it's on Old Highway 49, uh, September 17th, Orange Grove Library, Gulfport, at 11 a.m., it's a free program, we're going to have a lot of fun, but the 17th, uh, the 20th and 21st of September is the Mississippi Gourd Festival, I've been to it several times, the classes and vendors, so many fun stuff and music, it's going to be at the Smith County Ag Complex in Raleigh, Mississippi, if you want some information about that, go to MississippiGourdSociety.org, uh, and on September 23rd, I'm going to be giving an informal talk from the back of my flower truck. You know, it's got, I drive an old antique truck painted John Deere green, and it's got flowers and herbs and other compact plants 
in the back, growing in the back. Anyway, it's going to be in Hernando, way up north. Uh, actually, it's going to be at the Extension Office just south of Hernando on, on Highway 51. By the way, it's got the coolest kids' garden in the state. It's where all the projects in my last book on children's gardening were done by the children themselves. So I'm going to be there at the uh, DeSoto County Extension Office just south of Hernando on Highway 51, about 3 o'clock or so, but my talk will be at 5.30, and that's going to be from the back of my truck September the 23rd. There's some other stuff. Uh, I'm going to be at the Max in Meridian on October 5th, slide presentation on wild container gardens and an informal plant swap. And there's some other stuff. But meanwhile, I want to get back to what we do best. And let's talk to folks about gardening. We're going to go to uh, to Brenda. And uh, Brenda, are you from Enterprise? I am. Howdy. Well, what's going on? Well, I have a three-year-old hibiscus that's absolutely gorgeous. It blooms like crazy. And all of a sudden, the leaves have, like, white all over them. Now, I can take my finger and wipe the white off, but it yeah. comes right back the next day. Uh, well, there's, there's several different things. This is the potted kind, right? The big, pretty flowers you have to bring in in the winter? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, without seeing it, you know, I'm going to have to do some educated guesses, which I can do, but I'm not comfortable with. Uh, there is a, a, a little type of scale that will get on it, and you can rub those off, but they won't come back very quickly. Uh, also, we have, um, if it rubs off, it's probably not a fungus, Uh because it, that'll be a spot that won't wipe off. Um, I, you know, it could be, it won't be white flies because they fly around like little tiny moths. So I really need a picture of it. I don't even know whether I could recommend an insecticide or not, natural or anything, because I don't know for sure what it is. Any way you can send me a picture? I'll do it. Okay, get a, get, a, get a good close-up. And they're probably on the bottom of the leaves, but is this also in the, the little, the, the angle where the leaves are attached, or is it just on the leaves? Oh, well, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking both. Okay, send me a picture. It's, it's going to be, pro- if it comes back pretty quickly, it's probably going to be a little insect. Uh, and there are some sprays you can use, and I'm just going to throw one out. There's one called pyrethrin. Pyrethrin, okay. is, it's a natural product, but it's safe for pets and stuff like that. Uh, also, okay. also, you can try to use insecticidal soap. I don't mean dish soap. There's a stuff called insecticidal soap. Uh, it's really a, a fatty acid, but it's just called soap. It does a good job if you spray the underside of leaves of covering up and smothering small, soft-bodied insects. It's perfectly safe. But again, it's called insecticidal soap in the Sedlick Garden Centers. But meanwhile, send me a picture because I just I hate to guess. Okay, I'll do it. And thank you. And okay. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Max and Meridia. Oh, we're going to have fun. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to be talking about growing all sorts of stuff in all sorts of different kind of containers, emphasizing, you know, mixing flowers and herbs and or attractive vegetables in a lot of different containers. But it's also going to be a plant swap. So bring something that's uh, ready to grow in a pot or a bag or something like that. We'll have some fun. Okay, will do. Thanks for meeting you. Okay, Brenda, thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, I'm going to be at the Max, which is downtown Meridian, uh, on October 5th. It can be from 9 o'clock to whenever we finish, probably 10, 30, 11. Uh, there are a couple of other uh, events, but let me mention this. Uh, this, <laughs> this past week, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Philadelphia and Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, this past week, I went to Williams Brothers Country Store for some new Big Smith overalls. Uh, there are, I've already washed them once. It's going to take five or six years to break them in, but my others are just too far gone. You know, talk about a Bubba-looking guy. 
scraggly along here like me with overalls on. I driving a pickup truck. All I need is an old dog. I am Mr. Bubba when I put on my overalls. Anyway, uh, I also got some hot habanero pickles and some slab cheese. But while driving through downtown Philadelphia, I saw a ribbon cutting ceremony in front of a store with what appeared to be the mayor and a young woman with a tiara and a sash. Is there a Miss Philadelphia? A crown, Miss? I don't know. But anyway, it was straight out of small town, rural America. It was it was real sweet. Uh, anyway, th- then I went over to Meridian to do some prep for my talk there at the Max and ate at a place called Jeans downtown. Here's the deal. Their motto painted in a big front window says, here we believe in the good of people and the power of fried chicken. <laughs> Had a slab of the chocolate pie, too. That was real fun. Um Last thing before we uh we got some cheesy music. You don't want to give us a call though. The lines are open toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I also stopped in the art gallery downtown. It's closing later this month. I don't think Marina's gonna have an art gallery uh downtown after this it closed. But uh anyway, it, in one of those no accounting for taste encounters, there was a patron there who recognized me and said she made pottery and had one of my books, you know, the one on junk. And I said Beg your pardon, junk? She said, yeah, you know, the one on bottle trees. I said, uh, excuse me, but it had Dale Shahooli art glass in it as well, not just homemade garden art bottle trees. Uh, anyway, she said she made a Shahooli fence. If you don't know Dale Shahooli, real high in art glass. She said she made a Shahooli fence out of rebar steel and wine bottles. And I said, that's not a Shahooli fence. That's junk. <laughs> Okay, the old guy in me came out. You know, when you get white Java, you're way too young. You're your 30s type of guy. When you start having hair growing out of your ears, your filters go out the window. Anyway, uh, one of the, I got a, an email from somebody said there's a seed library at the Ocean Springs Library down on the coast. A seed library, seed bank. It's in an old wooden card catalog. Uh, it's got a selection of, of uh, vegetable, flower, and herb seeds that are available for, for everyone at the Ocean Springs Library. I think that's so cool. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's talk to, uh, is this Cheryl? Yes. And you're from Ohio? I live in Ohio, yes, but I'm from Hattiesburg. That's okay. the important thing. <laughs> do they say? Do they say you ain't from around here, up there? Like they, they still do. Yes, they yeah. do. And say, they still, say something. I've been here for a long time, but they still make fun of my accent. Well, so. all you got to do is just wink and sashay right on out the door. <laughs> and say, "Bless your heart." Bless your heart. That's right. <laughs> so, what what you got going on? I just wanted to tell you how much I love listening to your show, even though I'm way up in Ohio. I'm a big gardener, and some of the things that you talk about I can relate to. We spend our winters down in Bay St. Louis, but we're up here the rest of the year, and I love your show. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. A a snowbird going to Mississippi instead of Florida? Oh, Florida's full of Yankees. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to Florida. You're you coming home to your people. Hey, what, That's what, right. I'm coming home to my people. What What part of Ohio are you in? In Napoleon. It's near Toledo, way up in the northwest part of Ohio. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I've been through Toledo. I gave a talk there for, I think, a men's garden club year and years ago, but I don't know of any nice botanic gardens. But if you get over to Cleveland, they've got a pretty nice little botanic garden. That's not too far away. Yes, they do. I have been there. Cool. I have been there several cool, cool. years ago. Well, tell them that you talked to a guy who said, hey, y'all, come see us okay. sometime. 
<laughs> Cheryl, I Y'all really come back now. You hear? That's right. And when you come down here, give us a call. Let us let us know you're back home safe and sound. I will surely do that in February. Thanks, Thank Cheryl. you. We appreciate mm-hmm. that. All righty, folks. Uh, by the time, if you're the type that likes to fertilize your grass, this is past the last call. Round the 1st of September is the latest recommended date to put fertilizer on the lawn, even winterizer. Winterizer has a small amount of nitrogen, but it's got potash, that third neural, which helps strengthen it. If you're going to fertilize your grass for the fall, this is the time. This is past time, but go ahead and get it done. Also, give your plants, uh, your potted plants, a little fertilizer. They're pretty well leached out after all the watering and rain. Um, and if you have some questions about that or anything else, we're going to take a little short, short, short uh, music break from a local Mississippian. He's getting on up there in the years, but he has a very poignant song. I want to share it with y'all. We're going to take a real quick break on this Friday the 13th with the full moon coming up. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this. Somewhere over the rainbow, bluebirds fly. They're flying high over that old rainbow. I wonder why, Lord, can I? Someday I'll reach the point star. Wake up with the clouds all behind me Where kisses are melting like lemon drops Well above the chimney tops That's where you'll find me Somewhere over the rainbow Bluebirds fly They're flying high Over the rainbow Why I can't Talk like a pirate day. Or, and by the way, no, we're not celebrating pirates. They're mean, evil people. They do bad things. It's talk like a pirate day. By the way, Java, pirate joke. What What did the octogenarian pirate say on his birthday? I don't even know what an octogenarian is. 80 years old. He said, I'm 80. <laughs> We got callers, Phil. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> one, one more pirate, though, because we're going to miss it. It's going to be before next week. Uh, what's the pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet? What is it? What do you think it is? 
R. No, no, no. It'd be the C. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. We got some callers on the line. Let me throw this out real quick. I got a lot of hummingbirds blowing through my garden. They're they're on their way from north down. I mean, we're getting hummingbirds from Ohio and Pennsylvania, places like that coming through. Uh, They love my porterweed, my perennial blue salvias. I've got a vine called Manetia and Turk's turban, which is a native plant. Uh, Anyway, you won't see any of these if you don't have flowers or feeders up and you're outside watching and listening for them. So I'm just saying, they're out there right now. And then one quick email. uh, Felder, you said a listener called in last week asking about a giant cosmos plant. Uh, Well, I have them too. Mine are now almost 10 feet tall. Uh, they're just now budding. They've been coming up my corner garden for well over five years. No idea where they came from. The only cosmos I've ever planted have been bright lights. Uh, interesting if you know other listeners have this giant one. Uh, and I did a little research, and the common cosmos that everybody plants, little small pretty things, are called bipinatus, bi- cosmos bipinatus. Uh, it's a good reseeding annual. But the big one is cosmos sulfurious. Uh, it's native to uh, Central and South, North South America. Uh, sulfurious gets up uh, 7, 8, 10 feet tall and blooms in the fall with orange or yellow flower. Giant plant. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. We're going to Madison Talk with Mattis, uh, to, with Michael. Hey, Michael, what's up? Felder, good morning. How are you? So far, so good. A little, you know, the hey. co- the coffee is just starting to kick in. <laughs> I tell you, you need a rim shot for those jokes. That's, uh, it'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. Yeah, well, there's some good there's some good pirate jokes out there. What's up? Yeah, but uh, look, I'm not calling about gardening, but I just got out of a doctor's office in Madison with a salted by love bug. I didn't oh, expect yeah. that. Is that is it time? It's time. It's time. I got to drive down the coast next week, and I'm not looking. I, I got some new windshield wipers just for the love bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, this the, matter of fact, they've been out. Uh, really, I mean, they they've been out for a while, but they started really picking up this past week. Not yeah, much well, you I, can do. Yeah, I know. I know. I was surprised. You know, I had to swat them away so I didn't get in my truck when I got in. But I just, I just thought I'd ask you about that. I just kind of surprised me. Love bugs. Anybody doesn't know what they are ain't ain't from the south. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, uh, that's right. Uh, let me throw this out. I put. Uh, have you ever heard of Rainex? Uh, no, I don't it's, think so. It's no. this little stuff you get like in in, in uh, uh, service stations or auto places, and you you put it you, you you squirt it on and then wipe it off your windshield. It's like a, a special uh, wax. And yeah, when when yeah. rain when rain hits, this is like Star Wars. I mean, it's just you can drive in the heaviest rain with no wipers on at all. Anyway, love bugs slide right off of that stuff. Oh. I need I need that. I'll, I'll check it out. Don't put it on yourself. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Felder. You bet, Michael. Thanks Have for calling. All right. Love bugs. Woo-hoo. Let's go to Hazelhurst. Hey, Anna. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. Oh, Felder, oh, Felder. <laughs> you got to watch Sunday night. Oh, MPB, yeah. this country music beginning that, of the Ken Barnes series. I've seen the previews. It is going to be fabulous. I don't care if you think you don't like country music. This program is going to be worth it. Ken, Ken Burns does the most amazing documentaries on topics that you might not be interested in, but they're really well done. A lot of people don't realize, but country music started in Mississippi guy named Jimmy Rogers. He's the father of country music, the singing brakeman from Meridian, Mississippi. Documented. Country started right here. So did blues. So did a lot of gospel. 
But anyway, thank you for reminding me that. It's on MPB. Uh, I forget how many weeks it's going to go, but it's like a long series. Yeah, it's a long series. It's at 7 p.m., I think. Uh, Java uh, says 16 hours. But anyway, uh, you can't get 16 hours worth of documentary unless you do a good job. That's going to be a great, great tip. Thank you, Anna. Okay. All righty, appreciate it. Uh, give us a call, toll-free, mpb ring Too hot to do much except walk around licking the humidity right now, but uh, I'm going to start planting things in the back of my truck. You know, in the springtime, I've, I've got uh, shrubs and uh, irises and things like that planted in the back of my truck, little small evergreen shrubs. Got a rosemary and some oregano, and they're there through thick and thin, hot part of the winter, cold, uh, uh, of the summer, cold part of the winter, 80 miles an hour when I'm on the interstate, but in the springtime, I plant summer blooming stuff like peppers and uh, 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 a little, little compact profusion zinnias and, th- and scavola, the fan flower, things like that. But in the fall, I pull those out and I stick in little violas, uh, put in some ornamental cabbage, I mean, some ornamental kale, uh, you know, things like that for wintertime. And also, I plant Parsley. Parsley grows so much better over the wintertime here in the Deep South. Uh, it makes a nice, almost half basketball-sized mound of brilliant emerald green. But, but uh, parsley, uh, the ornamental cabbages, kale, particularly the one, the the, the real dark uh, purple kind, or else the 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 blue green stuff that they call lacinata or uh, Tuscan blue. Those are terrific plants that will take. 10 degrees. They will take 10 degrees. And these are wonderful things you can start setting out now. Here's a real quick tip, though. If you're going to put things out for fall and winter, this time of year, work the dirt up pretty well. Water the plants when you put them in. Mulch the ground. Mulch them to keep the ground from steaming those roots. And if you're going to water, water early in the morning or late in the afternoon, not in the middle of the day. That will steam them real quick. So anyway, I know it's hot. I know it's humid. I know it's miserable out there, but this is the time. At least go over and turn some dirt over in between other plants, cover it with mulch, and then it'll, the hard part's done. Then whenever you get around to it, you can stick some violas and some of the kale and some of the other wonderful things we have that our, our friends, uh, the caller earlier who lives up in Ohio during the summer and comes back to Mississippi. When she comes back to Mississippi, we have all sorts of flowers, daffodils. We've got uh, camellias in bloom, and we've got uh, pansies and violas. Up north, they have undulating mounds in the snow. And anyway, we have a chance to do good stuff here right through the wintertime. Easier gardening, too. But also, lettuce. It's a good time of the year to start you some lettuce plants. Don't plant it all at once because it'll all be, have to be eaten at once. But a pinch every uh, couple of weeks or so, keep you in lettuce pretty much all. The reason I like a homegrown lettuce I mix my seeds together. First of all, it's pretty. It's pretty in a pot. Looks great. Put several pots on your porch. Uh, second of all, um, it's good for you. And third of all, you don't have to worry about whoever picked it, whether they wash their hands or not. I picked it, and, and no, I didn't. I didn't wash my hands, that is. A couple of other things. Uh, this past week, I went to the Mississippi Native Plant Society uh, meeting. I had a good time. It's like a uh, a reunion of of of, of of weirdos, 
That's all I can say. We're all weirdos who come to native plants. But we, we went out for a walk in the prairie, uh, out from Forest, Mississippi, Central Mississippi, uh, and all sorts of stuff out there that have been growing for hundreds and hundreds of years that any care at all. Lots of interesting butterflies, but anyway, enjoyed that. While I was there, I got a good plant from my garden. I bought a, uh, a non-spreading type of goldenrod. It doesn't spread like the field goldenrod. Uh, it has long, thin, arching wands of golden yellow flowers. Anyway, it's a goldenrod called Fireworks. And if you don't think you like goldenrod, you haven't seen Fireworks. Long arching stems uh, up to about near thigh high, depending on how tall you are. Uh, Long arching thin wands of Fireworks looking goldenrod. And it doesn't spread. Great, great plant. Goldenrod is one of the top pollinator plants in the country. I'm talking about it supports more insects, pollinators, things that feed on them, the little spiders. Goldenrod supports more pollinators than any other plant. That's a fact. And a lot of people don't like it because it's weedy. Well, no, that's just that one particular kind, the tall field goldenrod. I don't have a problem with the field goldenrod. I grew up myself in with some of the narrow-leaf sunflower, the wild blue azuratum, uh, the the Turk's turban. These native plants, great plants. But what I do is when my goldenrod gets a little bit tall, uh, middle of the summer, I snip it back, and it bushes out to where it has more flowers closer to the ground. And if it comes up where I don't want it, I just pull it up. It's not that big a deal. Hey, let's talk uh, to Susan and Meridian. Hey, Susan, good morning. Good morning. You mentioned Jimmy Rogers. Yep. I got to do the rest of the story. Okay, bring it the on. The father of country music's sister-in-law is the mother of country music. Oh, why? Miss <laughs> Elsie McWilliams. I never heard she of her. She helped Jimmy write 39 songs. Her name is only on 19. And when he was first discovered up in Washington, up that way, he called her and said, I've got to have your help. Come help me write some songs. And her comment was, I can't write for publication. I can't. And he said, yes, you can. And she went. She rode the train to New York back when women didn't ride by themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the rest of the story, as Paul would say. And, and what was her name again? Elsie McWilliams. Elsie Mac- Is she mentioned at the Max? You know, the Max is one of the most incredible uh, museums here in the she South. She is mentioned at the Jimmy Rogers Museum. Okay, okay. And there's a whole display set up for her. Well, but you can look her up online, I promise. And we do have a whatever it is, downtown Meridian, in honor of her. Uh-huh. But she, on the movie that's shown about Jimmy mm-hmm. at the museum, right? she's interviewed, and she is personality plus. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. That's not exactly guarding, but it's local lower folks. Uh, let's go now to Greenwood at the edge of the Delta. Hey, Bill, good morning. Uh, hey, Zelda, how are you doing? So far, so far, so good. Not so bad. Uh, are you back from England now? I'm, I, I'm sitting here looking at, you know, it got to be 85 degrees. And I said, I don't think so. I, I'm going home. And I got back here and I forgot about the humidity and the cicadas and the mosquitoes. But, yeah, I'm looking at Java right through the window right here. What you got going on? Oh, not too much. I got two questions for you. Uh First off, the English ladies that used to call you, I don't hear them. Are they all right? Or are they the, the what? The English ladies used to have a 
Several of them call you. One from Oxford. Oh, that was that was Rita Hall. I talked to Rita not too long ago. She she lives uh, here near near Jackson, and I talk, talk to her every now and then. Anyway, you got got something about gardening? Oh yeah, I was wondering about you know is it legal in Mississippi to grow your own little tobacco patch? Sure. Okay. I don't th- I don't know if you can sell it or not, but you know it's legal to make your own beer. You just can't sell it, but yeah, there's no problem. No, I didn't want to go to cigar business. I just wanted to, I was just curious because you know, um, back in the old days when the people first came here from Virginia and and different places, they used to grow tobacco here before they did cotton. Yeah. Well, we, I, I, I you know, luckily, cotton prevailed because I, that's what my my new overalls I got from Williams Brothers uh, uh, store there in, in Philadelphia made out of. But anyway, no tobacco. In, in matter of fact, there's an ornamental plant that's it's called flowering tobacco. It's in the same family. It's got great big leaves like that, but it has tall spikes of real pretty white flowers that bloom in the evening. But uh, flowering tobacco uh, is a is a great plant. Nicotiana is what it's called. My mama used to grow it. And, yep. uh you never smoke it, but but she had a beautiful plant. Yep. So. Yep. Well, well okay. all righty, man. I appreciate your call this morning. <laughs> okay, me maybe. <laughs> there you go. See you. See you. See. He said, "Ours." Okay, me matey. <laughs> Horticulture's fell to rush. By the way, this theme music in the background. Um, there's a fellow named Thomas Grillo. Thomas lives in Jackson. He is a world-famous musician who plays the theremin. Theremin is that kind of a creepy thing from old science fiction movies, but he does beautiful, beautiful theremin music. This is a duet he played with himself, the theremin. Thomas Grillo doing our theme song. We're going to take a real quick break. We've got a nice underwriter. We appreciate it. We're going to come back with some phone calls. Got a couple of lines open. Got time for you to squeeze in a call if you want to. Toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. We're gonna take a real quick break and be right back. And uh, when you call, be sure to say hey to Jamie. She's our volunteer from from Macomb. We appreciate her sitting in and helping us out. She's pretty too. Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring or shoot us an email garden at mpbonline.org. I think I've caught up. I might have two or three emails. And I'm gonna catch up when I get back to the house. Anyway, meanwhile, let's go to Jackson. Talk with Edgar. Hey, Edgar. Good morning. Good morning, fellow. How are you this morning? So far, so good. Not so bad. What's up? It's sounding good. Well, you might have uh, touched on this early because I came into the program late because I was on another call, but. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble with uh, what appears to be a dying pine tree. Mm. Is that uh, an issue around the state? Or? Well, it, it, it has been. You know, of course, pines die all the time for a couple of reasons. Here's how you can tell if it's dead. Pine trees, when they die, they turn brown. The needles stick on them. Right. So if they, you know, if overall from across the street, most of it's brown, with the, including the ends of the branches. It's not dying. It's dead. And there's a couple of things that can cause it. We had a severe drought about three years ago that killed pine trees and magnolia trees. It was that hard and deep uh, a drought because in Jackson, roots are real shallow. You know, our, our heavy clay soil 
roots can't grow deep. So anyway, their shallow root in a hard drought weakens them. We also have trouble with pine beetles from time to time. And here's how you can tell, Edgar, if you've got pine beetles. From the ground up about head high, you'll see little gobs of what look like sticky or, or, or crusted balls of popcorn. Bigger than popcorn, but look like chunks of popcorn. That's where the, the sap comes out. Uh, once the beetles get in, though, the holes are just half sawdust coming out. So if you have little gobs of popcorn, either gooey or crystallized or holes with sawdust coming out, it's pine beetles, and they'll kill them real quick. So they're not really, at a certain point, they're, they're not salvageable, huh? I mean, it just... That's right. That's right. You know, once by, by the time you notice them, it's too late. We don't have anything that we can spray or put that will go into a tree that'll kill these little... They're only the size of a grain of rice, but they girdle it. And then the last thing is, uh, Edgar, pine trees can get struck by lightning without blowing them wide open, without really leaving a mark. They can get fried and still look fine, or they can have a streak down them, or, you know, all, just like people can get struck by lightning and walk away. So sometimes lightning will hit a pine tree, and it'll kill it. Uh, typically, within a couple of weeks, it'll be dead. You know, there are two, actually, small trees, and they're, they're about, maybe about six feet apart, and one seems to be dying, the other one seems to be okay. Well, check the lower trunk for that, that pine, for the popcorn-looking stuff or sawdust coming out. Little holes about the size of a pencil lit. You and I are old enough to remember pencils. You better believe it. You know, now it's fingers, you know. But uh, anyway, it's check for that. And if not, you know, I would suspect, you know, maybe a, a mild lightning bolt. It might have happened a month ago. Okay. But if the leaves are brown all over it and stuck to it, it's dead. All right. Sorry, yeah, but thank you so much. Thank okay, Edgar, appreciate your call. Stay cool and hydrated. Now let's go to let's talk to Mikey. Hey, Mikey, you calling from Mobile? Long time no no hear from. Yes, same here. Glad to have you back, man. We missed you. You know, well, we didn't miss you. No, but, been here you know. every every week. What you got going on? Um, heat. It's been hot, 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 record high. Oh yeah. You know, last Sunday a hundred. I know. That, hey. was, that was yeah, it was registered. You know. I you bet. And uh, so um so my question is related to that um. Now, I, I, I'm, well, of course, yeah, I'm envious of people that can fly to cooler places, you know. Well, like, yeah, uh, but, but, but also, we're, we're, um, we're stuck here also, now, so let's talk about gardening here and now. My question is exactly here and now. Um, uh, people talking about growing, starting lettuce, you know. Yeah. Um, you're in, a, 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 you're in um, Oxford, correct? Nope, I'm in Jackson. Jackson. Anyway, anyway. Question. Uh, so, you're, you're, how many more weeks uh, should one in Mobile with the? And we've got drought. We don't have floods, so that's the other thing. What's the how question? How many more weeks to plant to start something like lettuce? Oh, right through the winter, right, right through the winter time. Lettuce can take frost. Lettuce gets sweeter after a frost. So, what lettuce doesn't like is hot, dry. You know, all day, but it from from fall. That's what from, I got. I know, but what I'm saying, you plant it now, it'll be just right for October. But you can plant lettuce. You can start lettuce every couple of three weeks right through the wintertime uh, in uh, in the Gulf South. Because, uh, again, okay. a freeze can damage it, but frost just makes it sweeter. Okay, so I could actually go ahead and start, as you say, because, uh, you know, maybe an egg carton's worth, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, then do that every week or every two weeks? It dep- depends on how much lettuce you can eat. You know, as uh, if you start lettuce every two or three weeks, you'll have a pretty continuous. By the time you start eating the first batch, the second one will be coming along. So, it, you know, it's a continuous process of lettuce. 
That works for me, man. And All right. Well, thank you so much, and welcome back. Thank you, Mikey. Really appreciate it. Good to hear from you, too. Uh, by the way, before we go to this, this uh, next call, let me mention, it's an ideal time to dig, divide, and replant or share red spider lilies while you know where they are. They just finished blooming. Uh, they're gonna sprout. The bulbs are going to sprout roots real soon, so get right on it, or else wait till the leaves die down next spring. But if you've got some red spider lilies want to move them around, right now is the best time where you still know where they are. And uh, last thing, I got a uh, an email from my, my fruit-growing friend, Tom Mann. He sent me some seeds from his Indian cling peach, which he originally got from me, uh, but which originally came from my great-grandmother's garden. Uh, my tree got lost over the years, and seedlings got pulled or cut and during garden renovations, but Tom has brought full circle this heirloom peach that's got red leaves and small, hard pickling peaches, self-pollinating, resistant to pets. Uh, I'm keeping the big old seeds in the refrigerator till spring, but I got my, Indian, my great-grandmother's Indian cling peach back. Now, let's go up to Hernando, North Mississippi. Hi, Susan. Thank you for holding. Okay, help, Felder. Howdy. Welcome back. Thank you. I have a question about a soil amendment product. Um, My daughter is a a gardener. She has a business in Virginia, and she told me about this great stuff called Organic Harvest Clay Breaker. Mm -hmm. I have not, and it's a mixture of compost and gypsum, so you don't put too much gypsum down and it breaks up clay soils. Right. Well, the clay particles stick to the gypsum, so they clump together, they aggregate, make it a little bit better. But, you know, why, why buy something when you can just get gypsum and mix it with some compost? Well, she said if you get, well, first of all, I'm not very strong and I can't dig in the clay soil yeah. anymore. So <laughs> this was a. Well, put, put the gyps, putting gypsum on top is not going to go down and, and, and do this. It only, you know, it, it, you got to mix it in. Okay, but do you know where you can get anything like that in Mississippi? You know, there's so many different brands of stuff like that and compost and all. And to be honest with you, I did research on this when I was in graduate school. And the bottom line is gypsum is gypsum. Organic matter is organic matter. So you don't have to have a special product. You need to have somebody dig the dirt for you, mix in a little bark or compost, maybe some manure or something like that. A little gypsum, and it'll keep it aggregated longer. But somebody's got to dig it up first. And How you, much did you, you apply so you don't make it uh, so? It de- depends on how deep your dirt is. Uh, you know, can you send me an email, Susan? We can get a little bit more detail about that. Sure. Thank you very much. You bet. I appreciate it. Then uh, the email, by the way, folks, garden at mpbonline.org. But, okay, folks, it's time to call in the morning. Gestalt Gardner, production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer has been the laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. Our boss is Jason Klein. And Jamie Lowe from Macomb has been uh, our call screener today. Our phone greeter, as I call it. Anyway, I answer emails during the week, garden at mpbonline.org. But if you get a chance this hot and muggy middle of September weekend, take a kid to a farmer's market or a garden center. Help them pick out something that will teach them the most important thing about life, and it'll help boost their immune system. Show kids how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.